Hello and welcome to Euronet Plus and The Green Deal. The Green Deal is the new and climate-friendly podcast created by the European Radio Network. My name is Sina, I'm a journalist and happy to be part of Euronet Plus. In this podcast, my European colleagues and I are discussing the big milestones the EU has to meet to work effectively against climate change. The Green Deal deals with food safety, renewable energy, the reduction of carbon dioxide, traffic and many other main topics on the way into a climate-friendly and healthy future. Can we reduce our environmental footprint on this planet? Can Europe be the first continent to be climate neutral by 2050? The Green Deal collects thoughts, ideas and new developments of politicians and scientists from all over Europe. So, let's Green Deal with this. Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Green Deal. Today we're talking about public transport. Public transport is a huge player when it comes to meeting the climate goals the EU wants to reach by 2050. The use of vehicles is a massive reason for the air pollution, not only in the EU, but in the entire world. One quarter of all carbon dioxide emissions come from public transport. 888 million tons of carbon dioxide are blown into the air in the EU every year. The EU wants to reduce this number by 90%. But if we want to step away from using our cars, public transport must develop big time in order to meet our needs. Looking at ticket prices for trains or buses, many people decide to rather stick to their cars. But would free public transport be attractive enough? Luxembourg is the first country to have tried this idea. My colleague Michelle Sinner in Luxembourg tells us how this project is going. Many people believe Luxembourg is a city. That is wrong. Luxembourg is a small country that has a capital, but also regions in the countryside. The small villages often can't be reached by train. That is why Luxembourg has a big bus network that connects the villages with one another, but also with Luxembourg. City. Unfortunately, those connections are not only uncomfortable to use, but sometimes not even available at all times. But the bus company is pushing more into the system, and we will see how this plays out. Of course, the government says it's going to be amazing, but we will have to wait to see for ourselves. Over the past three decades, the EU has developed a clean air policy framework that focuses on three pillars, ambient air quality standards, national emissions reduction targets established for the most important transboundary air pollutants, and emission standards for key sources of pollution, from vehicle and ship emissions to energy and industry. However, for Sophie Perut, advocacy coordinator at the Health and Environment Alliance, called HEAL, this framework is problematic. The current framework is actually out of date as it dates back to more than 10 years and it is based on political compromise rather exclusively based than on science. This is a first and a serious problem. The second problem is that the current EU legislation is not sufficiently implemented by member states. The World Health Organization has stricter rules. Which is why the NGO calls for EU limits to be closer to those set by the WHO. In 2017, 8% of the EU urban population was exposed to levels above the EU air quality standards for fine particulate matter, according to figures from the European Commission. 
Using the more stringent recommendations by the World Health Organization, this number increased to 77%. Furthermore, a great number of member states seem to have a problem implementing. 70 member states are subject to infringement proceedings for not respecting EU clean air targets. Spanish MEP Javier López, who sits in the Parliament's Committee on the Environment and Public Health, is in charge of drafting a non-legislative report on behalf of the European Parliament on the implementation of the ambient air quality directives. One of the objectives that we have in the European Parliament is not only to talk about the capacity of European legislation to be implemented, but also the way in which it is implemented. And one of the questions that we want to refer to is the improvement and standardization of the air quality measurement points. MEP Norbert Linz, who represents the EP center-right group, disagrees on the necessity for stricter limits. To him, it is the implementation guidelines that should be strengthened. One question regards the implementation problem in member states. It is not that we have to be stricter at European level, but my approach is to make it comparable between the member states. In other words, I think that the air quality directive contains too much flexibility and that is where we need a solution at European level. Setting rules, the EU Commission wants to present an action plan to meet zero pollution objectives for air, water and soil. This plan should contain legislative proposals. That's what he thinks about the ambition of the European Commission. The plan should lead to noticeable changes before the next EU elections in 2024. However, MEP Norbert Linz has a problem calling it a zero pollution plan. I am not a fan of zero emission plans because I find them technically very difficult to implement. If you look at the electric cars alone, it is not as if they no longer generate emissions. We will continue to have particulate emissions from tires in particular. So that means that we need scientifically correct limit values, which can also be realistically implemented and which could create zero and no zero emission zones. The new plan is foreseen for 2021 unless the COVID pandemic disrupts the European Commission work program. Regarding COVID-19, an interesting development has taken place. COVID-19 mortality rates have been linked to high levels of air pollution, a finding that could lead the European Parliament to press for stricter CO2 emission reduction targets for 2030. Earlier in September, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen held a speech of the State of the Union and called to raise the EU's emissions reduction objectives to at least 55% against the 1990 levels. The European Environment Agency, Europe's environmental watchdog, recalled that the impact of air pollution is causing 400,000 premature deaths in the EU each year, making it the most important environmental cause of health problems in the EU. It is known that a number of major chronic diseases, including cancer, heart disease, stroke and respiratory diseases, are associated with air pollution. It is less known, however, that air pollution is associated with COVID-19. This link is currently under investigation, says Catherine Gansleben, an expert at the European Environment Agency. We can see that long-term exposure to air pollution may be linked to increased 
susceptibility to COVID-19. There's also research that's now exploring whether exposure to air pollution might directly affect vulnerability to COVID-19 by weakening the immune response of the upper airways in the lungs. This requires further investigation to explore that possible association and the mechanism through which it might uh, play out. Once this assumption is underlined with evidence, this could boost the demand for more clean air targets, says MEP Lopez. One of the objectives we have is to collect more scientific evidence on this relationship between COVID-19 and the air quality, because it is the best argument now for society to contribute to improving our air quality. The Parliament therefore intends to commission a study from its own research center. During the lockdown period, citizens got a taste of clean air. The air quality improved when business trips got cancelled and home office was implemented by many companies. Citizens now want more of it and call for new measures to reduce air pollution, says Pierre Donnier, president of the citizen collective The Air Seekers in Belgium. There have been several polls that have been done in Brussels and in other European capitals, which very clearly show not only that the majority of the population does not want a return of air pollution in the city, but also that people are ready to change their habits by giving more public space to public transport, a space currently devoted to cars. His organization has successfully launched a collaborative science campaign in which citizens voluntarily contribute to measuring NO2 concentrations at their home over one year. In Germany, public transport is far from being attractive enough for most people to say goodbye to their cars. Gerade im ländlichen Raum sind in den letzten Jahren viele Bahnhöfe zugemacht worden, Strecken stillgelegt worden, da braucht man eine Renaissance des Bahnverkehrs. Especially in the countryside, lots of smaller train stations shut down over the past years. Those junctions need to be renewed and of course that needs money. We, the BUND, say it's important to start by bringing dead stations that already existed back to life. Then we need to implement more railways, which cost money, and we also need new trains, that again is on a cost. However, there is one sector in traffic that has a huge budget, which would be the further development of infrastructure for cars, streets and new highways. We don't think we really need more streets and highways rather than supporting a better and an affordable growth of public transport. Therefore, we, the BUND, suggest to repurpose that budget so we can build on a better public transport by funding new trains and junctions. Züge bekommen, damit wir neue Busse bekommen und vor allem auch saubere Busse und Züge. Says Jens Hildenberg from the BUND. The BUND is the Environment and Nature Protection Alliance in Germany. Svenja Schulze, Germany's Minister for the Environment, sees great responsibility when it comes to Germany. We are in the top 10% in terms of CO2 output per capita. This means we have a responsibility to change our own behavior and to act as role models. President Andrzej Duda cited Poland's hosting of the climate summit as evidence of his country's desire to take a leading role in solving climate problems. 
Polski Radio, member of Euronet Plus, notes that the country's prime minister focused on electromobility, announcing the driving change together declaration. This declaration, which began as a Polish-British initiative, already brings together around 40 countries from across the globe. Poland is currently in the middle of the largest tender for electric buses in the EU. 1,077 buses. This is clear evidence that we are moving towards electromobility in public transport. By 2028, at least 30% of our public transport will be carbon neutral. As reported by Bulgarian National Radio, Bulgaria's Environment Minister Neno Dimov suggested that measures taken to tackle climate change should not exceed the frameworks and targets set by the Paris COP agreement. He also emphasized that they should be accompanied by solid guarantees on economic development, job creation and affordable energy. Bulgaria's President Rumen Radev stressed his opposition to additional targets, which he believes are not in Bulgaria's national interest, as they would generate thousands of job losses in the country's coal industry. Moving away from using our cars daily and even for short distances seems to be a big part of the solution. However, public transport needs to become more convenient. Areas in the countryside must be added to the public transport infrastructure and prices for using public transport must go down. Nonetheless, if you want to start making a difference, using the bus, train or bike is definitely a point to begin with. I hope you follow up on our next episode. Until then, stay safe and leave your car at home when possible. (laughs) 